0: To his left and he's on his way. Ten, nine, five, three, cut down. Wonderful try.
1: We have a mole, Jim.
0: Digs like a demented mole there. He just busts through the defense. Just watch this. Spallaring that beautifully. In go the ice for us. This is Lennon.
2: Good evening and welcome to the Molecast. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, the news story on the Irish Rugby website about the New Zealand tour finished with a very strange motivational uh, paragraph that said the importance of touring for the national squad cannot be underestimated as they seek cohesion off and on the field in preparation for Rugby World Cup 2023. While quite a few players experience full stadia for the first time in their international careers earlier this season, there are many within the current Ireland squad who have not experienced touring or playing in the Southern Hemisphere. So we're not bringing sex in, right? I think that probably put
1: in by, maybe the words were finesse a bit, maybe they weren't, but I'd say put in at Andy Farrell's behest. Because every time you read a comment section on... uh, various Irish rugby websites, our website's concerned with Irish rugby. It's like, we should leave Sexton and Murray and O'Mahony and Earls and all the experienced players, and Cian Healy and all the experienced players at home because we know what they can do. And it's like... uh, uh." We already did that for uh, the previous set of internationals in the summer, home internationals, admittedly, against Japan and uh, the USA, which was a really easy game. This, uh, this idea that you, you, you're always looking to get rid of your, <laughs> your most experienced players all the time, constantly building, 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 building this fucking tower of babel that you never arrive at. Like, the time is now to start, like, the time has already, uh, we're already into it of preparation for the World Cup. You don't start fucking leaving your most experienced players at home. They're, all of those guys will be going to the World Cup, or almost all of them maybe injury will derail some plans, but this idea that you don't bring Sexton or, and we may differ on one of the names, but you don't bring Sexton, et cetera, all those players, I I think it's just foolish. I can't believe people honestly think it's a good idea. Like, saying it without, like trying to put aside your my, our provincial biases, you're going... It's like it's not going to fucking happen, lads. Why are you wasting your breath on this stupid thought process?
2: It's part of the whole fantasy that Sexton gets injured, and then we have to we have someone who's as good as him. Yeah, we, Ross don't Bird, ha- Ross we don't have someone <laughs> We don't have someone who's as good as him. That's the whole point of having a world player, a former world player of the year in your squad. Yeah, they don't grow on trees. We were chatting beforehand, before recording
0: uh, about why football journalists didn't predict Liverpool were going to be any good, going to be as good as they as they have happened to be. Uh, so at the beginning of the season, football journalists weren't bigging up Liverpool as possible quadruple winners and saying it's going to be absolutely a hair's breadth between them and Man City for the title with the rest way back in the distance. You know, like, how do we miss it? And it's because they finished badly and you you guys are going through, oh, there's a lot of reasons. And I was there channeling my inner Ronnie Whelan, just going, it was because Van Dyke was in <laughs> Yeah, we you know, just play a load of five a side. <laughs> <laughs> was only one reason. Like, the best player didn't play and uh, all the guys who partnered him, <laughs> like they were cropped at different stages. But you're going like, but that, that's what happens when your best player doesn't play. Like, there, there isn't... Yeah. And the reason I say it is that it's not that if you put in... You put in two other centre-backs... Into a team that's really, really good, you'll just magically create these great centre backs. You won't. Like, Virgil van Dijk is the best player on a really good team, and you can't replace him. Like, there's, there's no mystery to it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's readily apparent. Once you run that horrible experiment, you're just there going, oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> right. Yeah. R- rewind back to where he's fit. So, I just like, and of all the places to go, like, is South Africa more forgiving? I don't know. Like, I mean, of all the places to go, sorry, less forgiving. No, uh, it's, New going down, going it's New Zealand winter. It's New Zealand winter, New winter Zealand, when they go down Going down to New Zealand for a three-test match tour with two other midweek matches and thinking, I would bring, like, the Espoirs and our seconds. And we're like, we'll see how that one goes. They and go, no, 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 we've, we've done that one before. That was the way we approached it in the 90s. They get absolutely obliterated and some guys just disappear off the face of the earth. That's
1: what happens. Good point. I I, rem, I remember like players who went in that tour who were uncapped and looked really good in the look really good in the AL. They went over there and like they, they literally never played. <laughs> Not that they never played rugby again, but like there were so many people who sank rather than swam because they went down and they just got annihilated, and everyone looks bad when you get annihilated.
0: Yeah, like it, it, it just it does it doesn't work. So anyway, that was that was scarily uh more than twenty five years ago in, in the case of Jesus, that was thirty years ago in the case of one of those yeah. tours with Neville Furlong.
1: Neville but, Furlong was all up and was counted. But I, Vince Cunningham I, I, I ran, quite a
0: good game. I ran through a uh a tour like a, a panel. Yeah, now we're getting the good stuff. And I was Who there, is going? I was there going but like there's very few surprises that are gone. There's the kind of things that I ran into was like, how many props do you bring? How many hookers do you bring? Mm. Do you bring? Do you bring six props? Do you go four in any one side? Like, well, how many players do you bring? Forty-two is what's been is the number that's been promoted. So and you're you go, bringing
1: nine players more than you'll bring to the World Cup.
0: Yes, and you're bringing. Uh like you bring they they have thirty-seven in the squad for an international. And they're playing midweek
1: matches. Um I think still allegedly at this stage.
2: No, I the think, it's, it's they it's being confirmed the, the test match been confirmed. Two matches. They will play two midweek matches, that they haven't been confirmed okay. what the games are. Okay. The, as in the Irish Rugby website said that. Few websites.
0: So then you go like I was you just so have, the shitters don't sue us. You want you want to have two 15s running against each other in in training. Yeah, for all of that. So I think I think that's a tricky one. Like just well, not a tricky one, but like just uh, I don't know how, how many guys do you bring? We're thin at loosehead. Very. Like once you get past Porter, you go Jesus, like Keen Healy's superannuated like he's he's still Keen Healy but he's 34 he's 34 huge and he's amount of miles loads and loads of matches and Killer's been in squad since 2016 so he's he's missing well, well sorry he's, he's, he's been in squad since before 2016 mm. he was in the World Cup training squad in, in 2015 uh, he's he's and he's missing. And, and he's, he was in November twenty fourteen. Like he's 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 gone back a long way. Or Ar- he went to Argentina in twenty fourteen. So mm. killer, killer's Jesus, killer's been around. But well, killer's, killer's not available. for That's this. what I'm saying. So yeah. he's not he's not going to go. So then you go, like Healy and so Healy, Jack McGrath, and Killer, where the three loose heads for ages. And then Porter came along and gave us an upgraded loose head. But then you go like, who do you like? Who's who's the next loose head to go? And I wrote down Josh Witcherly's name because he started against Exeter. But, like, you could easily bring Warwick and say, well, like, Warwick's playing better for...
1: Playing a lot of rugby, playing Playing well. a lot
0: of rugby, right age profile, whereas Witcherly's younger, so he's got more upside in theory. But...
1: Next season, is the upside you're looking for. You're yeah. not looking for five years down the line. So,
0: I don't know, like, Loosehead Luce, were very skinny.
1: He, I, uh, so, there's Eric O'Sullivan, who previously played for Ireland in one of Ireland's worst games against Georgia. Yeah. And then um, Jerry Lockman, who got called into the Six Nations squad uh, to trade. Like, nobody's blowing the doors off there.
0: No. So, skinny position there. And then I, I picked four tight heads. I picked Furlong, Bielam, O'Toole, and Moore. Maybe really just because I wanted, I wanted to bring Marty. And I, I sort of thought to myself, he's not going to leave Tom O'Toole home because he's, he's picked O'Toole. He's picked O'Toole in a lot of squads.
1: Um, I agree with that, and I think a potential, and this is uh, a little bit left field thinking, is a potential that you bring Marty into the squad as a tight head, and maybe you go back to like seven, eight years ago and you look at Balem as a loose head again.
0: I think you, I, I, think when you see the personnel, um, you do it, and you sort of go, look, you could, you could give Tig. You could manage tides, I don't know, do you manage his minutes or something like that? Is he typically he plays a lot of matches, mm. but he was on the Lions tour as well. Anyway, look, they'll, they'll have to sort of get their heads around it, but we're pretty well stacked to tight head, and we're pretty skinny at loose head, was what I came at it. Correct. And then I was there going, shit, do you bring three or four hookers? I went with three, uh, Keller, Hersheen and Herring. But I was there going, what happens if one hooker gets injured and you're 12,000 miles from home? Like, you just end up with the same guys because you need to have two hookers and, like, the sub is always going to play. Do you need to bring a fourth just to have cover? Like, and it's going to be like the fourth hooker is going to be way down the list.
1: Yeah. Would you bring Scannel for Munster? Like, he went to a World Cup before and then fell off the fucking planet when Farrell took over
0: you'd only bring him to have four hookers you wouldn't bring him because you think he's a live option yeah I agree so I went with the three and then second rows and again like how many second rows do you need I went with Hendy Byrne James Ryan Tom O'Hearn Ryan Baird and and I picked Coombs as a second row (sighs) But Coombs are sort of a back row, but I was there going, look, you 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 pick him. So I've question marks over Tom Ahern because he just hasn't played enough for Munster to warrant being a second row, but he is six foot nine and
1: He's an outstanding like,
0: athlete. He's a really, really good athlete. I was he in various training squads? So you're yeah. just there going, Do you know what? Like the bloke is six foot nine, he can handle, he can run, he has big moments, he's he was a quality under 20. Like, do you just take a chance that he can kick on despite the lack of exposure that he's been given
1: it's a big question isn't it because like from the time uh, i first saw him for the under 20s going well this guy's got international written all over him. and then for basically a year and a half he's just not barely sat on the bench for munster like we talked about this before i can't understand how you can have a guy like that in your squad and not be excited and not try and pick him at every chance. Not go like, oh, maybe he's a little bit raw and you're going, yeah, if I'm a good coach, this guy has all the potential to be a great player. How could you not be excited about coaching him and picking him to play, like make him get better? Well,
2: didn't James Ryan start his international career practically in tandem with his Leinster career? Yeah, before his Leinster career. Before his Leinster career.
1: But not before his Munster career. Indeed.
2: so do you do you think he goes on this on this tour or do you think you are picking him i I picked him yeah um
1: because Par might pick Treadwell.
2: yeah yeah i I picked him
0: you know because uh, the reasons outlined and then back row I was Doris, Omani van der Fleer, Timoney, Conan Coombs well, we said Coombs already penny and O'Donoghue. so you know you've you've got Question marks over Timoney because his form is really good at the beginning of the season and it's crap now, but he's the closest to Josh van, but I don't know if he is the closest to Josh van der Fleer. Scott Penny's probably the closest to Josh van der Fleer, but Timoney gives you something like van der Fleer mm-hmm. in terms of his, his ball carrying pop. Basically, Timoney's a really good athlete yeah. who, who can carry the ball. And he's, you know, he's a good jackler, good tackler. His, his form does go up and down. He's very quiet. Yeah. He's, he's not a very demonstrative character. Like, the thing... <laughs> not a <laughs> Penny. The thing about Josh vanderflier is, not only is he, like, an outrageous athlete who's uh, improved a bit. the guy is constantly smiling. Like, every photo you see him, <laughs> like, he's yeah. smiling and he's just... So I, I think he brings a very good energy to the squad. Well,
1: Sean O'Brien said in his... his uh, his autobiography which I read there earlier in the year that when he was rehabbing some injury that he spent uh, himself and Josh van der Fleer went on holiday. And like you would say, like they're quite opposite personalities and he goes, lovely time spending with Josh, you know, one of the nicest guys you can meet, very easy company. Uh, I think Josh gets on with everyone. And... That's neither here nor there it comes in that room. It's also fucking deadly. I think both Timney and Penny are quiet. Uh, quieter by... um, And not that that's a, a knock against them. Different people have different personalities, but Timney, I, I feel, started off the season great and has sort of slipped. Uh, O'Donoghue's played great uh, this season for Munster. He's played, as I've said countless times before, like he plays to his detriment I feel across the back row like he's 28 now and like what position is he
0: I think he's a number 8 but he doesn't have the prototypical size to play like he can really only looking on the metrics he can really only play open side at international level but nonetheless I, I think that when guys are young versatility is a blessing and then versatility is a blessing until it becomes a curse like you, you've you got to make a decision on a position when you hit I don't know 27 28 and no, just go look that. This, is, that. this is this this is the position that I'm playing and like you you, you know you, you want to get into world cup panels and then after that you just go look this is the position I'm playing and like it, it doesn't matter if if you don't pick me, I'm just not going to agree with you. It's it's not that oh I'll just play anywhere. It's just nah, nah. like I just I need to play in one position. So I think Kendallin is the guy who was was a really good twenty, is in form, um, and like Timoney's a guy who's not in form. So
1: Kendallin to me is very like Josh van der Fleer.
0: Yeah. So do you make a decision and just go look we'll we'll bring Kendallin and do you bring Kendallin at the expense of Timoney or do you bring him at the expense of Scott Penny?
1: It's a good question. Don't know. I think you see the end of the season is still to play out. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, big games still to be played and you know? decision making games. I think.
0: Yeah, and like I, I suppose there's you know is there a Leinster bias? You have to ask yourself the question. The thing is that if I look at Scott Penny, I go he's a massive body of work behind him. He's he scored a huge amount of tries and he's played for Leinster for seasons and he's still really young mm. whereas Kendallin is like playing a lot this season playing a lot this season but doesn't have a master like does that does that matter like if he's if he's playing a lot next season and he's playing really well like are you not vindicated by taking him i i i just there's a look, he's just he's very hot right now, and maybe justifiably so. But like, maybe Hodnett's better than him next season as a, as a number seven. Like, I I was a big fan of Hodnett as an under 20. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's that. And the other thing about Jack O'Donoghue is that he's the same age as Dan Levy. Like, he they played in the same 20s team, they were both captains. So, Levy for the Six Nations, then Levy got injured, and then Levy was still injured for the Junior World Cup. Having been at the previous edition, mm-hmm. and Jack took over as captain of that underrated. Like, Levy's retired. So, like, uh, Jack O'Donoghue still looks fresh faced like a young fella, but like, his contemporary is now retired and retired with 11 caps. So, you kind of go to yourself, well, like, if you're looking at age profile, I- Irish guy, like, uh, Jack O'Donoghue is at an age where Irish guys play their best matches. Oh, but, like, exactly. There isn't a huge amount of upside. Like Jack O'Donoghue isn't going to get much better. He's like he—you're just picking him because he's banging form.
1: But that doesn't bother me in the slightest. No, no, absolutely. You know, like I—I I look at that like maybe a Chris Henry type career, that you come in, you play really well for three seasons or two seasons when you're at your physical peak. You know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and that's when you get caps. And you don't—not everyone has to be a 50 Or Neil Best wasn't either. He yeah. just came in when he played really well, and then and then he was dropped. Chris Henry came in, did really well for a couple of seasons, had his had his health issue. And, and after that he wasn't the same player. I remember he went to the um, he went to the 2050 and it was only like even in like 2016 I think he played in his goal. This is not a patch on the Chris Henry of 2012, 13.
0: Chris Henry defined that role of a guy who was, you know, a good a very good underage player who was like a, you know an adequate pro. For a lot of his career, who became a good international for a brief window. Yeah. And then just disappeared. And like Rob Henderson. Yeah. Like was kinda of like that. He just like a guy who gets a run of fitness, run of form, confidence, all these things go for him. And he plays really well. And it's like it's it's the summer of his life, you know? Yeah. Like and it's, so, and it's it's like, it's, like it, that that's Jack O'Donoghue. But I, I just think that if you if you look at the if you look at Kendall and, and O'Donoghue, you appreciate how different the the rationale for bringing each of them is. Oh, that you go, like, Jack O'Donoghue is the right age profile. He's playing really well now. Tournament's next year. It's tournament's next year. Kendallin is, like, kendallin has got loads of upside. He's playing really well now. But you go, okay, well, like, is he is he playing better than Jack O'Donoghue?
1: No, he's not. Uh, tournament's next year. He'll, he'll get better even you get next better. year. Like, I look at Kendallin and I see... Uh, the person I, the player I sort of most closely identify with, that he model himself on as David Wallace. Like that's how good I think Endlun can be, um, which is a really high price. But the, you know, like the the tournament is next year. You're only trying to fill. You're only trying to fill a few spots. Like, like it or not, the team, like most of the squad, is selected for the
0: World Cup. And that that was the thing that I looked at. So I basically just. I, I'd written down who was in the thirty seven man training squad for the six nations in twenty twenty like earlier. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. I just copied it across it. I'll use this as my starting block and I was there going, It's very hard to pick out guys who are hard done by, by not being in this. Mm. Like everyone is here. So you really you're just tweaking like a hern in for Treadwell. You're picking an extra prop or so that's it. And then in the backs, probably the only controversial decision, the most controversial. Well, Might scr- going by position anyway? Uh, yeah, so I went scrum halves. I went Gibson Park, Casey, and Doke. Only three. Only three. And my rationale was Gibson Park is definitely number one. Mm-hmm. Craig Casey p- plays really well in a fast game. And a team plays well with him in a fast game. And Farrell wants to play a fast game. So he'll, he'll definitely go. Mm. And then I was like, do you pick Murray or do you pick Doke? And I was like, well, shit, like... Murray's kind of death to a fast game. Now, Murray was... I didn't realize this until I came across it. Murray was elected, like, the scrum half of the decade for the teens. Yeah. Like, the... like. The teens love him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, the teens. I was there going, holy shit, like, the best. The best in the world. Yeah, and then I thought about it, it, and I was yeah. like, yeah, probably, but... Jesus, like how the, how the, how the mighty, of, well, Jesus, like how the mighty have fallen. But then you're sort of going, right, like, do you want to take a look at Doak? Because of all, like, that, I was going, like, who else do you pick? He goes, he's not going to pick Cooney, do you pick Marmion or, or Bladen? I went, he's not going to pick them over Murray. And I went, would you pick Doak? Would I pick Doak over Murray? And I went, as a, as a number, like, Murray's going as number three scrum half. Yeah. With the way that Ireland want to play. Murray's going to, as,
1: as like, finisher slash closer, whatever you want to yeah, call Yeah.
0: So but maybe he'll be on, like, he might be on the bench because that's the way oh, I think he's, he's on he, the like, bench. He, he, he brings a lot of experience, but, like, he's, if Gibson Park can't start, Casey will start.
1: I think that's the way it will go. But I think, I think he, I would definitely bring Murray because that's mm. going to be his role for the World Cup. He's was, was going to be sub nine. I don't think.
0: You don't think Doe can overtake him?
1: No, I actually don't, and I yeah. think Doak might be able to overtake Casey potentially. Um, but I'd bring I'd bring all four. Like I'd want to see Doak play a bit uh, in New Zealand. Like he hasn't he hasn't played for Ireland yet, and I'd like to see him play. Like Doak looks really good, and you know like, he does a lot. Like he goal kicks as well. He's big. And like like a big scrum half has a lot of things going for it. um so I'd bring four, but my feeling on on uh, Murray is that he's always going to be on the bench, and that if Gibson Park gets injured, I could easily see him still being on the bench and another scrum half starting because and I think that's really rational,
2: yeah like you said during the Six Nations, it's great having the experienced players come on to finish off games rather than the rookies when you're in a yeah, you know,
1: in, in the, pressure in a tight game. You want experienced players on the pitch. Yeah. Then out half
0: I was Sexton, Carberry and Ross Byrne. Sorry, did you want to jump in there on the just no, I was just gonna move you along to out half. Oh it. yeah. So I, I just, That seems incredibly obvious to me. I, I can't see I can't see where there'd be any difference. Yeah. Um centres then I picked Frawley, and I put Frawley at the top because he's kind of close to being an out-half. But yeah. I, I don't think... Like, he hasn't played there this season. I don't mm-hmm. think it's fair in him to try to make him play out-half. Uh, so Frawley, Aki, Henshaw, Ringrose, and Hume. So five centres. And um, I think Frawley's the biggest wrinkle there just because uncapped. he gives you... Uncapped. Uncapped, and he, he gives you something different. He gives you a different shape as a, as a team. Um like
1: by far William the McCluskey. Face doesn't fit famously, Ulster Centre's their face don't fit. I think that
0: he's playing particularly well this season. And he played particularly well last season. I think he but well. He's in probably the deepest position for talent that Ireland have like I still can't get over the fact that Robbie Henshaw didn't get picked to start in every Six Nations match. Mm. I
2: he's Ireland like he's the Ireland's best player.
1: Well, he was Ireland's best player like last season.
2: Yeah, really it could have been an element of uh Ring Ross post lions management. No, you never
0: know. Yeah, you, you don't know, but I I would yeah. I would have Robbie Henshaw in my team every single day of the week. I'd probably even pick him. He'd be one of the first players I pick as well. Mm. I just i think he's an absolute legend so i i think i think if you bring mccluskey you're gone do you pick him ahead of like aki and then you're then you're then you're bringing he's still behind aki arguably like certainly at test level he's behind yeah Ackie, you he, know, hasn't, like he an, hasn't got
1: aki's body of work at
0: test level he doesn't have aki's body of work at test level it does it always depends on bundy how fit he is yeah um but then you're picking Robbie as a second centre. So you got bringing three second centres, you're bringing Henshaw, Ringrose and Hume. I just don't see why you need three second centres. If you're
1: bringing McCluskey as a first centre. Yeah, exactly. well, you end up having either three of one or three of the other. Yeah. Like, I think McCluskey is is underrated by people inside Ulster. I think he is makes the player inside him and the player outside him look really good. Um, he, Absolutely. He gets over the gain line so frequently. He's a. He turns up. Yeah, turns up for every game. Big heart. Um, t- I am speaking in NFL scout
2: language. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Good face.
1: Yeah, good face. He's coachable. He, yeah, he's coachable. You know, he's, he's a knee bender, not a not a waist bender. Um, what's his? Uh, what's his? You know, he's got quick hips. <laughs> yeah. a good face. <laughs> uh, he's no, a Tar I, Heel. I like that. He, he, <laughs> He's got long arms, <laughs> he's violent, violent action <laughs> uh but uh, tight spiral <laughs> he's 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 uh McCluskey's really good, I think he's still going he's still playing a really high when I say he's still playing a really high level he plays a high level week in week out. I don't think at the moment that Bundy is as reliable as he's been in his best season now Bundy isn't far off from like playing some really good rugby. But um, he's a couple of years older than McCluskey, so I think Bundy's probably 33 at the next World Cup. It's old for an inside centre. Not impossible. None of it was an older inside centre. But I I, I think that one is... I don't think it's it's going to happen this tour. I think Bundy will go ahead of McCluskey. But I wouldn't... I think McCluskey's such... Like, in a lot of other I- years in Ireland... Like he wouldn't be on the fringes, he'd be much more involved.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's a very good shout. Like, you, you could bring McCluskey at the expense of Hume yeah. and look at Robbie as a 13. Look at Robbie as a 13, with... and then make it like McCluskey and Aki as your big, strong centres. And you know, you're basically your first centre, like your prototypical first centres, your traditional first centres, as, as we're accustomed to the role, and then. Uh, Henshaw and Ringrose as your typical second centres. And, and you could obviously play like Henshaw and Ringrose in a test match together and yeah. like it, it'd be fine, you know. Um Frawleys, then you don't have any depth. The only thing is if you if, like, if you play Henshaw and Ringrose, like you've you've no proper second centre, <laughs> like for your for your other matches. That's and then
1: you true, go, like, that's true. Does
0: does it matter? It yeah. means like it's going to be very difficult for you to win them because you know you've you've just set yourselves an obvious target to attack that channel uh, against a, whoever they're playing against in a country where they're always going to attack that channel and they're going to be able to do it so then the thing with frawley is just the wrinkle that he gives you he he just he gives you he's he's the best kicker of those guys uh, he's another place kicker um he's a better distributor than any of the rest of them, uh, and he 's big and he's physical um he doesn't have the experience he doesn't have the jink, he doesn't have the top end pace, but he's not neither is he slow so I think there's a lot to like there
1: um i 'm I'm sort of i have to say when Hume has played i think Hume played against Japan in the summer and did well. But he played a couple of games off the bench. He came off the bench against Wales in the Six Nations and didn't do anything. And then I think against Italy as well. And just remember going like these were games where we were very dominant and we had an awful lot of ball. And you're going, I expected more from the fresh 13.
0: I go back to McCluskey and uh, you know how flat Ulster were against Munster, having been beat by Toulouse. And then McCloskey was the one who got them in the game again. And I'm sort of like I want I expect Hume to do that, given the press that he gets. Yeah. Um, given sort of how excited people get by him, like I'm there going, no, no, like you, like if you want to be the boss man, if you want to be an international, like you got to come back, you got to you got to play like yeah. an international. So still a bit, still a bit wary on Hume. Um, him, I?
1: Yeah, I think I think McCluskey is the better centre, the more accomplished uh, performer of those two. Now yeah, he's a lot more experienced than uh, than Hume. Also, he's very durable. Love the fact that McCluskey plays so many games for Ulster. Yeah, he's he just like Dan McFarland is like he is definitely the first name on McFarland's team sheet. Definitely, like he just plays all the games.
0: Yeah, and then backs I pick James Lowe. Balakoon, Conway, Earls, Hanson, Jimmy O'Brien, Keenan, and Larry. I think Earls probably a bit lucky to be in there. Larmer was the name I took out, and then uh, I put in Jimmy for Larmer and I didn't put Jimmy in immediately. Because I thought about him. I, I did it last night, and then I thought this morning, I like, got how could I leave Jimmy O'Brien? It like he's the yeah. form, he's the form back in the country. Um, and yeah, that was it. And then plus, he gives you like a proper fullback option if mm. you, you know, you want to get away from Keenan and Larry for some reason. But I, I don't think you will. I think you'll, I think you play Keenan as his first, I think Keenan will start all the tests,
1: <laughs> start all the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't have many, I wouldn't have many quibbles, bar the ones I've raised. I don't think that there's going to be like, uh, like those are, I think those are the best players in Ireland. And I think, like, you need to find somebody to fill the role uh, at loosehead. It's been a tricky it's a tricky spot for us. You know, because for I would never have worried about Ireland at loosehead like throughout my entire life we've had good looseheads. Like, yeah. All the way we like even when we were shit we had poppy. Yeah. Um and you know Reggie Marcus Horn Keane for 13 years Peter Porter now but yeah the cupboard looks really bare I think Josh Richley is good I think he's uh, much smaller than I'd want an international loose head to be If, if you know I think he's listed as maybe 108 kilos which is that's that's the size of a loose head prop going back 12 15 years like to Domingo to Marcus Horn like it's like most mostly heads now are, if you're if you're under hundred and fifteen kilos if you're under eighteen stone you're small um, yeah and it's like it's a tough seeing if you're going and scrummaging against Vincent Koch or or, oh, uh, or butweie Antonio or any of these fucking monsters like I don't think it's
0: but you viable. you can see you can see from the sharks match at the weekend you're going. Like all these guys, sorry, all these guys, like Oxenjeh and, and Bonambi and
1: uh, uh, who's the
0: Tidehead? Herb? Was it was Herbst?
1: No, no, no. It was one of the Chonu brothers, I think. But anyway, like you just see, like these guys are beasts. <laughs> like and,
0: and they can all play rugby. Yeah. But like they're just huge, strong no, men. No, it was It Mr. Dutoyt yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you go like these, like these are like big men. Seriously, big man. So, like, the like uh, Andrew Porter is a top top level athlete. I sound like a football commentator. I sound like Jamie Redknapp. Top <laughs> top top.
1: Um, top top top. I would say.
0: And Keen Healy before him were schoolboys. Like they were way ahead of schoolboys. But you kind of go to play international level. You need to be like that. Like. Being like a, a technically adept, small, kind of normal bloke isn't, it's, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for you over 12 seasons. It might work for you when you're 28 for two seasons. So you go to the Warwick example and you can go, you could bring Warwick because, but well, like to play the midweek matches. Yeah. Not, to, not as a viable test match, test all, you know, for, not for a test you want to win.
1: No, you're looking for guys who are like... That's why Tom O'Toole is going to get a run because Tom O'Toole is a physical freak. Yeah. You know, he's really powerful. He's very, very fit. He's quick and strong and explosive. And he's big. He's big. Like, Tom O'Toole is 19 the bit stone, six foot one. Yeah, and he's played a lot of rugby. He's played a lot of rugby for us. Now, most of it off the bench uh, because one thing about... Like, Marty looks... Like, Marty is, like, it looks like an old-fashioned prop. I remember when Marty was in first or second year, so development contract in Leinster. Like, his squat was the heaviest in the entire Leinster panel. It's a heavier squatter than, like, Kean. Like, Marty had a... You, Marty's got no fucking back leg. Like, and really short legs. Like, squatting is a piece of cake From Huge squat. Some ridiculous numbers. Like, got to 300 kilos or something.
2: Do you think um, there's any chance that uh, Marty is, Marty Moore's outside of what, yeah. what Farrell's looking for? In the, in I do. The, oh,
0: totally. Like, with... like, I mean, this is my selection. I, yeah. Like, he he just, he's...
1: League guys look like a massive on physical fitness. League is so physically draining. They were pros literally 100 years <laughs> before rugby Union players. Physical condition was a massive part of the league, and I think, like, he just looks at Marty and he goes, like, you're not fit enough. Now I don't think it's necessarily the case, but my feeling would be like they look at Marty and they think it's an issue. I don't think it. I don't think it is. Marty plays a lot of minutes, makes a lot of tackles. Good jackal. I'm a big.
0: Passer. I'm a big fan of Marty, as as you may as regular listeners may have
2: gathered. Gary Doyle brought it up, I think, a few weeks ago. He saying he should go, but the way he sort of phrased it was that it's like Ireland's scrum went to pot when Tyg Furlong went off, uh, and he it was, but it was. Not really true, because Ireland scrummed really. pop while talk furlong was on against France and against England. Yeah, <laughs> so um, I don't know. It seems more an issue, <clears throat> particularly with the scrummaging overall, and that would—I mean—that that would lead me to believe that he's not going to bring more at all.
1: Yeah, well, like I, he's
2: going to—he's going to try and keep a quick. Uh, yeah, being a high-quality athlete.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think I think he should bring more though. I have to I agree with you and because I, I think that like as as outlandish as it may seem to like switch switch two head two tight heads to loose heads, like
2: That's where your resources are.
1: Yeah. You know, I think you're better off going like Beatham did used to play loose head before. Don't think he's ever played loose head internationally. But like it's not as though you're asking to do something he's never done before and he Beatum's good as well. Yeah. And I think he's a better rugby player than, a, and a more viable international loosehead head for next season than any of the other lads.
2: Yeah. And so there's, uh, h- how many from your selection are uncapped? Frawley? Ooh, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Doak. Doak. Frawley. What did you put him?
0: In? I, I, I didn't pick him. Um, is Jimmy... Is Jimmy? O- Tom and Jimmy. Jimmy O'Brien. I don't think Jimmy O'Brien. Big Tom and Scott Penny. Did Scott Penny get capped nope. last year no, against capped, Japan? No. So Scott Penny. Look, I'm. I'm not. I, I'd happily bring Kandelan ahead of Timoney or head of I don't know Who? Well, probably ahead of Timoney. The way it goes, but like, you know, Timoney might be hard done by with that. So, like, I'm not.
1: May not may not end up bringing like, yeah. even though even though yeah, no. I'm just, I'm just background is is a very high attrition yeah. rate,
2: maybe he doesn't bring them all. So just, they're a four, I think. Yeah, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, I guess in a big party like this, there's sort of a, a tendency to be like, who's the bolter? Who's the one who's going to take us by surprise and turn up at the World Cup? Uh, and I don't know if that's just, a, that's just a thing that people talk about before big touring parties are announced. Of course Or whether it's a thing that actually happens every time.
1: Well, let's think, of, if you look back at who we selected, right? So uh, who we, we being the Irish coach. <laughs> like Joe, Joe's bolter was uh, Patsy Cline, okay. which was, Cline's like, actually got better since then, but I, that was a disaster. <laughs> Flat out disaster. In 2015, was there a bolter? It seemed pretty much a pragmatic selection. Um, 20, uh, 2011, the bolter was Conor Murray, which was a resounding success. 2007, the bolter was Brian Carney, Brian Kearney, which was a, like, Brian Carney's a legend and a great guy. But like that was a disaster. You know? It just didn't pan out in any uh, way, shape, or form or manner. It didn't fucking pan out. Um, so, Boulders uh, yeah, is it, it, it... More often missed than hit, to be frank. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often.
2: Yeah. Okay. Good squad. Diggs like a demented more there. Now, to go back a couple of weeks, two-legged rugby matches in the knockout stages of the European Cup, I said they'd be shit, and they were absolutely deadly. And there was a number of nail biters uh, amongst them, Ulster losing to Toulouse. I was thinking about that, how much stick we gave the ERC
0: for it being shit, <laughs> and then I was wary of the two legs, and then I thought, these are really good.
1: They were really good. Somebody else, apart from the, the uh, EPCR, must have done them. Somebody must have fucking slipped that idea <laughs> under the door, and the you tell.
0: Um, So Ulster, Toulouse, yeah, great first match. And just not there for the second match. I'm trying to think. They pointed back after the match to all these incidents. Oh, if this had happened, if that had happened, oh, you know, Ulster's only one point. There's part of me that just goes, if Toulouse had needed to score another try with two and a half minutes left, they would have scored. They would have found a way because Toulouse are Royalty.
2: To are Tom Brady. And yes. The, yes. Also yeah. the other guys. In the <laughs> yeah. Also the fucking
1: like. Atlanta Falcons. No, it's <laughs> just like fucking. Uh, they're those the wrestling bills. guys. Four Super Bowls
0: in a row. <laughs> they're the wrestling guys. You don't even have a name as a tag team. Oh, yeah. They just turn just up going with for masks, masks on their heads and just get like smashed Tag teams of like lads with two yeah. different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete like,
1: Miller just, and Dusky Dame <laughs> Van Halten. <laughs>
0: This looks dramatic, but you know how it's going to finish. <laughs> one of them has like a leotard with one shoulder band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like our, our Ulster no-name jobbers. Um, no, no. No, they're not no-name jobbers, but they are not uh, Antoine Dupont and they are not Romain Entamek. No, they're
1: not. You know, it was really that second game, like the first game, as, as it was like the Stanley matches final, except for Bobby Balakum. It was fucking unreal. He lit up uh, the whole big city. It was amazing. And then in the second game, like, Toulouse aren't that effective defenders that they can make sure a winger doesn't get the ball. Ulster, like, basically stimmied themselves by not giving Balakum the ball, not taking some, some risks. Like, they box kick so often...
2: Well, was it, was it earlier this season or was it late last season? They played against Munster and they had an advantage and they threw it away, but they basically played no rugby for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it was earlier this season. Earlier Munster this won season, it late in yeah, the game. Yeah, with a, with a good, great try, yeah. in fact. Really, um, it feels like that's a real missed opportunity. They obviously <laughs> had the opportunity to play the majority of the game against Toulouse, in Toulouse, against 14 men. They have a brilliant results. Obviously, it could have been nearly lost it at the end Could well. have been brillianter. But, you know, you, you're saying that, you know, if Toulouse needed another try, they, just, they would have found it because they're Toulouse and they have, like, the, two best, the best player in the world and a brilliant out half and an enormous pack and they have a spirit and their history and everything. But is that not just a huge opportunity to, you know, make a name for yourself? Like Ulster made a name for themselves when they pummeled Munster in a, a European quarterfinal many years ago.
1: 11-12 in Thalman. I think
2: I think it is a huge
1: opportunity and
0: uncomfortably it's where you have to question MacFarlane and you go, Why do you have to question him? Like like is it not all the players? And it's 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 Mac MacFarlane took them over when they were at a low and he put an awful lot of shape on the team and he got an awful lot of he just improved. Like the, the whole organization improved. Um like the cut Cutsia they brought in uh, Vermulen, like even like Katia looked like a really big loss. Was a really big loss, and then the signing of Vermulen was such a positive. Maybe that's Bryn Cunningham. So like it's 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 not, but it, I, so with Ulster, if I want to give the benefit of the doubt to McFarland, and I do, I would say that they don't have the depth of squad. They, they've they got a, a decent first team. And that was their first team playing against. But there isn't the pressure or there isn't if there's a drop-off in form like with Nick Timoney compared to how he's playing earlier in the season that you can just seamlessly bring in somebody else. Uh, whereas you look at Munster and you go, Munster do have a depth in squad. Um, like they, they are able to bring in guys who are... Very recently, very prominent underage internationals, and and give a boost, and that was that just seemed to me. Well, I don't know if that was the only difference, but that was kind of the difference. The following weeks. Now the thing is, McCann was the captain of the twenties uh, of the team that didn't get to play out its grand slam, mm. but would have won it. Doke was. Along with Candelon, the star of the twenties, the following season of a team that wasn't particularly prominent. So, like Ulster do have these guys, but like McCann isn't featuring. You see, they're
1: mostly backs. You know, Ulster's yeah, Ulster's problem. Like it's it's a it's the age old story of when I say the age old short age, ten years. But Mo- Ulster have like pr- struggled to produce forwards. No shortage of backs. Backs, well, one shortage of position at at out half. But otherwise, their backs coming out of their ears. And it's the, their difficulty lies in putting together uh, primarily Ulster pack with enough Ulster players in it. Now, there's younger players down the line. Tom Stewart is going to be a great hooker. McCann is going to come through, either as an eight or a six. Ruben Crothers is going to be a quality seven. Cormac is a chuckle boy he's from. Leinster is going to be really good, either as a six or as the sort of looser second row, so they're putting together these ads, but they're still those guys. Like Curtis is twenty and not not a physically big, powerful twenty-year-old. Like he's a great. He's a super captain. Yeah, and he was a super open side. Uh, and it's a case of getting him in and and playing, you know, playing games. I think the same with McCann.
2: Uh,
1: but you know the the. Like it, so uh, like Tom O'Toole is gonna be really good, but he needs to get gooder quicker. Gooder. Uh, much gooder. Mm. Much gooder. Until he's the goodest. Until he's as good as he can be. Which might be the goodest. Might be the goodest in the country. Um but then you know, you're looking for then you're looking for a loose head, then you're looking for more, like many, many more forwards. Like that you have a big plethora of forwards, like the Leicester's loose heads you know at this season now I know Dooley's leaving but like it's <clears throat> Andrew Porter Kane Healy Ed Byrne three internationals then you've got Dooley uh, Mike Milne and then Jack Boyle who's going to be an in international sooner rather than later like they're all they're all from Leicester like yeah. six six loose heads
0: and Sam illo has gone over to Connacht like
1: yeah Produced, you because
0: know, so, you know, he's number seven. Because
1: you need, like, if you look through any of the French squads, uh, the top 14 squads, like, they have to have about fucking, they have to have nine, ten, sometimes eleven props. Like, it's wear and tear. And you're going to use four props every game. So you just need a big chunk of props. And, like, you can't go around, like, you need to make your own props. Uh, it's something which Ulster have struggled to do. Like, Tom O'Toole is, came up through the Ulster Academy, but, like, I think born and drawed and moved to Australia, came into the Ulster Academy. Marty Moore from, uh, from Watts via Leinster, or the other way around, from Leinster via Wasp, I can't remember. Um, Eric O'Sullivan from Trinity. Andy Warwick is, like, the one, or the Ulster prop. You know, some of the other lads. Like, Callum Reid is, is potentially going to be good, but he's... It's actually this season hasn't hasn't happened for him, and then somebody I remember seeing. I've said this before. I remember seeing Ross Kane play schools rugby years ago. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be really good, and like it's, he's just he's like, he's just not. You know? Yeah, so he's, yeah, grand. Like the, he's okay in in, in like a lower level URC game, but like
0: it's it's funny happened? you were saying about Stuart McCloskey being the first name. Like the one that stands out to me is Alan O'Connor gets picked so often, and while Treadwell was in the international squad, Treadwell doesn't start for Ulster when Hendy and Alan O'Connor mm-hmm. are fit. So like he really wants Alan O'Connor, which which like Alan O'Connor is a guy who will stick at it from minute one through 80, but also he's a guy who is just not physically capable of playing international rugby. And there's been a few guys like that. Yeah. And Jesus, like I, I, it's an observation because it's it's not criticism and it's not praise, but it, like, it, it's kind of a bit of, like, it, it could be both. Like, Alan O'Connor is a guy who brings a huge amount of heart. He's a really good captain. He's he's intrinsic to that Ulster squad, mm. but he's, like, he's not near. Like, Tom O'Hearn, who's played very little rugby, is ahead of him, and you get more excited about Tom Hearn than you did about oh, Alan yeah. O'Connor. And, and that's just, like, that's just obvious. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly.
1: It's the same thing. Like, I would say, maybe not every province has them, but, like, Leinster have Ross Maloney. Who plays loads of games. Yeah, like Munster you know? had
0: Billy Holland and now they've then, got uh, it. Witcherly. Witcherly.
1: And you're going, these guys, like, they play fucking loads of games. They're important in the squad. You're going, but like but on the other hand, like then there's the fucking realistic element which is slightly uh casually cruel almost. You're going like Feline is not big enough to ever fucking play international rugby in the Six Nations as a second row, and he's not yeah. quick enough to play on the blind side. Ross isn't strong enough, no, for in which she to play international rugby in the Six Nations in the second row. Like, not not for, like, a starting second row for Ireland. Yeah, so... And Alan O'Connor's not a good enough athlete to do it.
0: So then, you know, you, you kind of go back and you go, after, the week after the Toulouse match, they played Munster and it was just a really flat performance uh, which Stuart McCluskey did his best to to stem the tide of. And it's just, it's it's made it a very difficult season for, for Ulster and, one that seems to have run out of momentum. Now, it's not over, and they could turn it around, and they could, you know, have a big match against Edinburgh, and they could have a big cup match about it, but it, it is a, a two flat weeks. Yeah. Two flat weeks for i put them off the road. Yeah.
1: And you know, one of the things, Darcy wrote a really good article about in the Irish Times yesterday about, like, Michael Lowry putting him in at, at out half, and Michael Larry wants to play at half. I like... As a, a more concentrated version. So it's like if you drank straight from the Robinson special or without putting it into like a pint glass, drinking it club style, like that's the fucking Joey Garberry conversation. Like a guy who's obviously best suited to play at 15 because you have loads of room at 15, like the whole field is in front of you. You say, oh, well, he's got lovely hands and you can you know, beat a man. You go, so I'll put him at 10 where there's no room. I, I mean, that's what they did with Larry, and like also for, for I think his first appearance at ten, certainly in twenty twenty two, maybe in the entire twenty one twenty two
0: season. No, he started there at least once uh, in the last two seasons. Yeah, and he was also underwhelming. He
1: played against Monster actually in yeah. Uh, he was he a, was massively hammer, underwhelming yeah. in
0: both this, but he, he's a guy who played ten at at, at schools and at what level? Oh, medallion. He played them. He won. He a captain the team to the medallion. Um, he's. And he, like he's he's an international he's, he's an international who scores tries he was really unimpressive and you sort of go it, so here's the thing as a coach do you take this guy because like the obvious thing obviously the obvious thing there's 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 something that we've talked about and we will go back to it um as a there's two things that you we'll, we'll revisit when you look at the 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 squad in in Ulster you just go do you know what I can pick Balakun, Aaron Sexton or Ethan McIlroy. As my wings, or we Jacob, and I can play we Jacob at fullback and stick Larry at ten, and just go. I'm just gonna pick a team of I'm bombers. Go do a track me. yeah. Like just gonna pick absolute.
1: Literally give them a baton instead of a rugby ball.
0: Yeah, like just pick the biggest, paciest backline you can find. Like who doesn't want who doesn't want to It'd see the that fastest backline in history? And then you you know and. Like, what, what, what could go wrong? And then you see Larry play, and you go, oh, wow. Like, it's much harder
1: to do that than it looks. More yeah. harder. <laughs> Billy Burns, come back, all is forgiven. Here's a guy who's quick, who's elusive. Clever, brave. Played clever,
0: brave, has character, is an international, has played 10 all the way through school. He looks a mile off. Mm. Playing 10 at, at Pro 14 level, or URC level, a mile off. So then you go, do you persevere with this guy on the basis that by giving him minutes he'll get better? Or do you just look at it and you go, nah, he doesn't have it. Yeah. Just put him a fullback and let him play there.
1: Yeah, and just buy Bernard Foley, like we told you to do. And that's the second one.
0: So I, I think that is a serious Bring the boy back home. I think that is a serious, serious option. Yes, <laughs> I think it's a I, great th- idea. I think if you're if you're Ulster and you're going, right, like we've got Billy Burns, who's not up to it. We've oh. got Jake Flannery who is young and may not be up to it or we can sign Bernard Foley who's really old but younger than Sexton and is obviously up to it (laughs) because he played in a World Cup final and is qualified for Ireland if he chooses to play over here and live here Um, like why wouldn't you do that? Just do it man Just do it
1: Like it's not it's not a big risk
0: because I I wind it back well if you're Dan McFarland, you're kind of going I'm in the last chance to loan here like, it isn't getting any better. I don't see how it gets any better for him next season. I, I genuinely don't. Mm. Like, if they don't have McCluskey, they're way too lateral with Billy oh, Burns at 10. Like, you, 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 you see how that one plays out. You see what Larry plays at 10, that, like, it's it, there's no shape whatsoever. So you go, do I give this guy more minutes on the anticipation that it'll it'll get much better? But it may not. It may just be like a schoolboy playing at ten. Or do I go and sign Bernard Foley and go like next year's my last season anyway. Yeah. Like to be honest, I hope they keep McFarland. I think they will. But I don't see it getting much better for Ulster.
1: Yeah, I think I think they will. I don't think for me it's not like I I think they'd be mad to let him go. Um but uh like I think I don't know if Matzer has a new contract or not or if Matzer's
0: sure he doesn't pick Matzer.
1: Yeah, if Matzer's done, so like just just pick your like pick up a veteran in the off season, NFL style. Just guy this guy's a proven winner. He's got 10 and a quarter inch hands. <laughs> you know
0: he has got hand measurement. tiny, he's got tiny, tiny hands. Hand
1: <laughs> measurement is a real thing, by the way. He's but got it's got also all, a real thing. It's on. Yeah, it's on. It's on his wheels. It's on yeah. his Wikipedia page
0: that he's got tiny
1: hands. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you knew that, didn't you? yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, I think that that's uh, that'll be a good direction for them to go in. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm in favour of it. I think it's a good uh, left field call. And has also, the
1: motion been passed? I, I think. <laughs>
2: Uh, we'll, just, we'll bring it to the few boards to dr- drum up the funds <laughs> to get Bernard over here to change his whole life. I'll let three lads in the kitchen. I told you to move to Ireland. Tell the wife. Just watch <laughs> this. Ooh, great passage of play, though. This shows how dangerous they are with the ball in the hands. Okay. This weekend, the biggest game of rugby in the history of Turner College as they take on Clontarf in in the, their first ever all Ireland final at uh, Lansdowne Road. And uh, they won the semi final against Lansdowne in abnormally dramatic circumstances <laughs> where they didn't really play that well but were ahead through the strength of their pack and then played very well for 20 minutes and then just tried to throw it away almost. Uh, when did the semi-final mode? Yeah, when is it back to semi-final mode <laughs> for, for whatever? The, uh, it, it, like, um, uncountable minutes of injury time since so <laughs> oh didn't God. start the clock in the second half. <laughs> uh, but they're in the final.
1: Yeah, we were just saying beforehand, it's like, uh, Ternura was founded, and the Rugby Club was founded in 1940. It's like, uh, it's 82 years ago, and this is the best season in... Uh, in eighty two turn you have had in eighty two years. The by winning the semi final they also became Leicester senior cup champions. Uh that, that match doubled. Uh the previous night they won the Metro. They already won the the bowl. The yeah. Metro League. Yeah, yeah. Um, J one League. And it's it's been a huge season so far for the New York and uh it's like watching there for can't fucking do it. <laughs> it's great for the rubber and
0: the thing that struck me is just how much goodwill there is from people who know anybody involved with the first team squad and like they wouldn't have rugby top of their stack for most of the season and they mightn't even be on the radar but you know it's it's just this demonstrably big game that's on a bank holiday weekend that's generating a huge amount of excitement and goodwill for, for the guys involved in the squad and it's it's a big plus for the AAL. Because, so, jeez, I hope the lads do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're more likely to throw off the shackles on the, the big uh, Aviva pitch than in the uh, pressure cauldron of a semi-final at home where they usually shit the bed. <laughs> God.
1: Yeah, some of the semi-finals have been, some of the semi-finals before have been tough. Um, you didn't play in one, did you? No. No. Uh, one of my pals played one and I remember my, my lasting memory of that game which was a very good game between like all the this was uh, 21 years ago I think now uh, like both clubs had a, a load of current internationals playing for them but uh, one stage like my memory of it is very close to the end like Shane Horgan making a break one of my mates literally trying to tackle him and Horgan he was like a jockey on Horgan's back like is that Marco at, or Goury Goury it's just like it, H- Horgan might have lost like maybe 15% pace but he's just carrying Gary on his back <laughs> like for 15 yeah, yards yeah like, there was a very good uh, very good lands team with Darce Horgan, Barry Everett Angus and Reggie Carrigan, Reggie a lot of good players yeah
0: oh man he playing scrum half yeah uh, Liam Toland yeah Toland beast yeah. of a
1: team uh, with Gerv the thriller Eric Miller um but that was, a, that was a tough game. And then the, the Cork-Con game, which I think was 2015? No, it's more recent go? than that. Oh, shit, was it? I think it was, yeah. Okay, that was... Con were the better side in that day. And that, was, that was in uh, Lakers as well. I remember like, you know, half an hour ago, you going, oh, we're not winning this. Um, but uh, <laughs> fingers crossed the weekend knockout. Like, Tarf, Tarf have had a huge season themselves. They've only lost one game in the league. They've won 17 out of 18. Like that's tarps that's that's, to lose. Like yeah. You look at how
0: much they finished ahead of the... You look at how much they beat Comboy in the semi. Yeah, they've beaten us twice
1: team. in the league in the yeah. regular season. They're very, very well put together. So a lot of good players. And then a well-coached team who play very coherently, play a very distinct brand of rugby.
0: Yeah, and Andy Wood's been there for ages and he's built up a very strong squad around him. And the, I, I suppose the, the, the other thing to remark is that there'd be an awful lot of people there. Like turf is a like turf. There's always people in Castle Avenue. Yeah, always because like with the cricket on, no matter when you go there, uh, like there's always it, it. There's a really good atmosphere yeah. there, and Terenure, um There's always people in Tarnure because like Bruce, Bruce got his coffee there. Like people are going through, so you've got two very. There'd be a big crowd
1: feeding the swan feeding the two swans one of whom has a bad attitude <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> the other so the, the, no, the, the, there'll be there'll be a lot of people there and there there're two clubs that are right at the center of their communities and uh no, like it's it's going to be great things it's going to be warm things it's going to be sunny things yeah. going to be loads of that I'm really looking forward to it drinking and Shouting and it's going to be a lot of excitement. It's going to be deadly. It's going to be a lot of kids there as well It's big mini rugby in both. So yeah, very a lot of excitement. huge
1: numbers in the mini rugby in boat in boat
2: uh, yeah. Clubs. There'll
0: be a lot of excitement about so it, it should be just a be great, some great final.
2: More tuned to it than normal, but it seems like there's also been a lot a lot more coverage of the teams in the final. There's no there's no a
0: matches, so there yeah. are like a but there's a strata of players who are like occasionally playing for Leinster,
1: yeah, or have played in the past and people who are familiar with their... being Irish under-20s. They've been contracted to Leinster or Connacht or, or Munster. Um, there's name recognition there on both sides. You know, obviously they... And there's
0: guys who played 20s and won the Grand Slam this yeah. year. Like Charlie Tector was starting for Lansdowne. And, but all of the 20s have been playing for, yeah. for their AL team. So, no, it's, it's been a really good campaign and hopefully Ternier will win it.
2: Yeah. On the your